This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. And what is going on, my fellow Schwoklores? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, Cancel Schweezium. Welcoming you here today with arms wide open under the sunlight. So, welcome to the show today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is going to be the best show or the best podcast that has ever been made. I know we're going to be talking about peak podcasting, and uh, that is what this is right now. This is peak podcasting right now, and no other podcast ever made are you going to get information and things like this and things uh, that make your life a better place, a better person. Uh, There's no other place that you can become a better person than right here, right now, Uh, because one thing that you do know is... That's right, it's Black History Month, and uh, we've been thinking about ways how I can make Black History Month about me. We haven't thought about it yet, but we're going to continue doing this podcast regardless of that, and uh, doing it so uh, for everyone. So uh, What? uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Welcome to the show. Um, We got so much, so much to talk about today, so much... So many things that we can talk about, and only a certain amount of time to do it in. What is that certain amount of time? Uh, however long it takes for me to talk about the things I'm going to talk about today, and what I have prepared in this episode. That's how podcasts work. And this is the type of guy you get. So yeah, that's the, you, you just learned how podcasts work. And uh, w- with that being said, uh, let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, so, uh, Candle Sweezy, the podcast you're listening to right now, welcome to the show. You are listening to us right now. Um, Candle Sweezy, the only podcast that talks about Bruno. That's, I know many people have seen Encanto. I watched it, but, uh, uh for those of you who know, for majority of the month of January, uh, I actually haven't talked about that. Actually, the majority of you know, the majority of you don't know, um, uh, I was in between health insurance and, uh, I was off my meds, my 
the ones for my crippling anxiety. And uh, with the crippling anxiety, one thing I do notice is I can't focus or pay attention to anything. Um, so that's um, why you those podcasts the last couple of weeks were podcasts in the last couple of weeks. Um, luckily, it still allows me to ramble on nonstop, but it's probably why I didn't focus. But anyways, I kind of half watched that movie. I might watch it after I finish recording, but uh, uh, so I kind of got it kind of watched. I need to watch it again because I honestly don't remember a lot. I know um, the main character is voiced by uh, uh, Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And so there was a weird sexual vibe to it for me. Um, I think Maribel was the name, and so I don't know if I'm allowed to think she's hot or not, uh, but the voice actress was hot, so I don't know what we were allowed to think, but, uh, now, uh, but like I said, because I didn't pay attention very well, I can talk about Bruno, and, uh, maybe after you finish, you have to finish this whole episode, but maybe you can too. The people watching just highlights are not going to get this message. This is only for the audio-only listeners, because you don't get highlights, you just get uh, me full throttle. Uh, Let's go full throttle. In uh, just audio form, but uh, oh, and the people who watch the video, the full podcast, you're going to get this too. So only certain people get this, and especially video watchers, you get this. I think this is our somewhat permanent backdrop. It is a nice, beautiful looking brick wall instead of just random ass funny shit. Um, the brick wall is going to be, for the video watchers, you get to see this brick wall behind me. It's going to be our main set, and then, which is actually a green screen, FYI. So it looks less advert, less cool, because uh, um, I thought I had, I thought I was going to get a permanent-looking cool set, but that ended up not happening, so we're just going to go with a green screen forever, and uh, that's why the cool brick wall is behind me. Um, we may switch it up, you know, on special holiday episodes, uh, you know, like a Christmas. I think we started the green screen near Christmas. We, we had, like, a fireplace in the background. Uh, may do that, you know, fireworks for New Year's, so... We're still going to keep it up for important holidays, but uh, for the most part, this is going to be our main background, so hopefully that's cool too. So yeah, I think, um, long story short, um, we, I, I can talk about Bruno, and if you finish this podcast, the full episode, you can talk about Bruno as well. So um, another that's a really cool thing for you, and a good incentive for you to listen slash watch this entire podcast. Um so, uh, without that, though, you need to go check out my music out on all streaming services. Uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, yes, after many controversies and a lot of artists dropping off Spotify, I am still on Spotify. So, um, my music probably won't be leaving Spotify unless something really bad happens. I have opinions on Joe Rogan, um, and... Uh, my opinion is that uh, people don't actually listen to his podcast, uh, at least the people complaining. So that is uh, that is an FYI. And uh, he used the N word in an okay context, and uh, he probably still shouldn't have said it. He just used it. I mean, he at least used it in a more correct way than other people do. Anyways, though, uh, my music's still on Spotify and uh, YouTube and Amazon. Wherever you stream music these days, you kids and your music streaming uh, are everywhere. And uh, all I'm trying to do is keep up. And uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, you can also check me out on social media. It's at the Shweezy everywhere. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. 
Uh, those are great ways to follow me. Uh, that's why you keep up with this show and see what I'm doing and seeing how great of a time I am having all the time, every day, all the time. No, all, all day, every day. Um, that's where you get to see me post shit. I post memes in the stories. You get to see my stories. That's really cool. Um, and speaking of other things you can follow, I am switching from Twitch over to Facebook Gaming. And so I have a new Facebook page called Shweezy Live. Uh, I think the, I'll put the link in the description of this episode too. But you need to go follow that page. That's where you can see me stream video games. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Legends Arceus. And by golly, that is one of my favorite games I have probably ever played. And there's so much to do. You, it's one of those, It's like Breath of the Wild a little bit to me. Where I'm just like sitting there and all of a sudden it's like 2, 3 a.m. I'm like, oh... I should probably go to bed. And you, like, you just forget like time just passes. You're just exploring and doing shit like that. It is so much fun. So you get a... I'm finishing up the story hopefully this week. Um, and then I don't know what I'm going to do with that game after that. But I will play Fortnite. I play a lot of Fortnite. I play a lot of Pokemon. So um, it's always between one or the other. So um, I'm, always doing, I'm always doing that cool shit. So... Uh, don't be stingy and uh, come on, Mark. Don't be stingy and go like the page. We're trying to build the followers on that page. Uh, I'm still boosting up. We're infiltrating algorithms here. This show. Uh, that's what you're doing with the social media too. Um, and speaking of uh, infiltrating algorithms, if you don't want to support our Patreon page, Patreon is our great way to say thank you for being a friend and to financially support the show and me in everything I do. Uh, if you if you don't want to do that, the free shit you can help us infiltrate algorithms with is uh, obviously if you're a video watcher, you can uh, like the episode, leave a comment, uh, subscribe to the channel, obviously. Um, big thing like that, you know, you can do that. And uh, we post our highlights of the best parts of the show. Share those with all your friends, even if you don't have any. Share them with people you don't like, you know? Be like, hey, I hate you. Check out this clip from Cancel Sweezy. Uh, those are, that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Um, like I said, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. Uh, if you're an audio-only listener, obviously, like I said, hit the subscribe button and uh, leave a review. Those reviews on the audio-only platforms uh, really help out every podcast you ever listen to, FYI. That's a little secret. But uh, if you help me out, it's better. It, it helps out more. And uh, leave us a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 star review um, to keep everything... Uh, fresh and neat and uh manly of all don't be stingy come on mark don't be stingy so with all that being said let's get into the news uh this is previous week right now what is previous week right now you may be asking well i will tell you uh podcast listener uh that the previous week right now is me going over the previous week right now and uh well as phil defranco would say let's just jump into it I kind of want to start this week. I was looking at news articles. Nothing that important went on this week, and I don't usually say that before this, but I got to say, I really scraped the bottom of the barrel to find some articles this week, folks. So um, without further ado... Let's just jump into it. um, It's from AV Club. Uh, Build-A-Bear launches After Dark ad campaign for Barry Horny Grown-Ups. The concept empowering Build-A-Bear Workshop, the nine-figure annual business occupying many of America's most haunted and kiosk-strewn malls, is a simple one. Life is chaos, control is an illusion, and kids will scream their heads off if it means they get to impose a little order on their lives in the form of picking or out just 
the right hat for their new teddy bear best friend. They also sell some genuinely excellent looking Nintendo plushies, but that uh, has what about the rest of us? Who also toil daily in a labyrinth of meaninglessness tossed about by the hateful whims of our corporate gods? Where's the Build-A-Bear for adults, huh? The highly unnecessary question received an answer a few days ago as it happens when Build-A-Bear released a Facebook ad for its adult line of products, mostly aimed, as far as we can tell, at professional wine moms craving a stuffed rabbit as handshakingly obsessed with rosé as they are that advertised itself as Build-A-Bear After Dark. Uh, said ad came complete with an image of lion doll dressed in silk pajamas and accompanied by a couple of glasses of champagne and a let's just go ahead and say inviting demeanor <laughs> what um and look we get that build a bear just thought they were doing something cute here maybe a little cheeky for valentine's day but we genuinely sincerely have to ask at no point during the design process of this ad did someone pop their head in the room give it an eyeful say oh hey kind of looks like you're saying people should fuck that lion <laughs> The actual offering in the adult Build-A-Bear store are generally pretty tame, although you can get a horny devil bear who prances around in a cape and boxers. Also, we can't help but be weird out by the way all the clothes disappear off the animals when you you mouse over them in their catalog. Oh, we know it's just to display the base stuffy, but then we're not the ones who introduce Build-A-Bear, Build-A-Friend-With-Benefits into the mental equation. Uh, anyways, never forget this pearl of wisdom from your favorite 18-plus teddy bear. Uh, it's always one o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> what do I have to say to this, folks? Um, let, let's, uh, let's, let, I'm just going to take a step back and uh, think about what I just read here today. We, we just, I, just, I just read uh, uh, an article that, that says... Adults need stuffed animals too. You know, I, I see all these articles about a grilled cheese for grown-ups. Like, look, a grilled cheese is perfect as it is. And at no point did a grilled cheese say that, hey, I'm for kids only. If you're an adult eating a grilled cheese, you are a child. At no point a grilled cheese said that. So one, trying to make a grilled cheese an adult grilled cheese is stupid. Second of all, people add fucking onions to a grilled cheese. Um, that's not a grilled cheese. That's a grilled cheese and onion sandwich. So, uh, shut the fuck up. Um, second of all, um, so, so at what point are people like, you know what? I want to, I want a teddy bear, but I also want people to also think I'm an adult. Um, and so you send them a sexy teddy bear. And at first, when I hear the words, um, this may just be how broken I am in my mind, but when I hear the term adult teddy bear, I think that you're going to fuck the teddy bear. Now, um, what do you, I mean by fuck the teddy bear? Now, if it's for men, um, I don't think men... Okay, okay, there are probably some men. I don't think... Okay, I shouldn't generalize genders here. I'm sorry for the gender, gender, genderifying of uh, sex teddy bears. I am sorry for my uh, microaggressions. W what I will say, though, is um, I guess if it's for a man, they'd build in a flashlight to it. But then it's like you're fucking a teddy bear, and I don't really want to fuck a teddy bear. Now, they could build a teddy bear that vibrates 
and that could be for women too. But then at that point, the woman's like scissoring a teddy bear. And is, is this the America we want? Is this the America we're building here? Is this the, is this the build back better America that Joe Biden is going for that we get a fuck teddy bears? I don't, I don't think this is what he had in mind. Um, honestly, if I brought up the idea, Hey, Joe Biden, um, do you, do, uh, can, uh, what about, uh, what about teddy bears you can fuck? I think, I think he would malfunction. I think Joe Biden would malfunction if he brought up the idea of fucking a teddy bear. I don't think Joe Biden knows what fur- furries are. And to be honest with you, I think that's a little bit okay that Joe Biden doesn't know what a furry is because, um, his brain would turn into the, uh, macbook click wheel when like your computer is frozen it's just that click wheel that keeps turning and turning and turning that's what would happen to joe biden's brain if you brought up furries that's my thoughts on the situation but um anyways though a lot of them are like but they're not build a bear dolls that you can fuck uh they just have the adult themes of it's wine o'clock always um okay um It's like, I can't deal with your problems unless I had my wine. So, a lot of, just a lot of weird things. Um, it's one o'clock somewhere, right, I guess. Um, so anyways, um, can you fuck these bears? Yes. Can you build it at Build-A-Bear, uh, specifically for fucking? Kind of. That's the, that's what we have learned here today, folks, that you can kind of fuck a teddy bear at Build-A-Bear Workshop. So, uh... Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. All right. Well, this is from NBC News. A pastor holds bonfire to burn to witchcraft books like Twilight. After far-right pastor hosted a book-burning event encouraging parishioners to toss books like Harry Potter and Twilight into a fire to announce what he described as demonic materials, Greg Locke, head pastor of Global Vision Bible Church, held a book-burning event Wednesday night and urged followers to burn evil garbage like young adult fantasy books, tarot cards, voodoo dolls, and crystal. Bring all your Harry Potter stuff. Laugh all you want, haters. I don't care. It's witchcraft, 100%. Locke said in an Instagram post Monday, all you Twilight books and movies, that mess mess is full of spells, demonism, shape-shifting, and occultism. Uh, In a video live streamed on Facebook, churchgoers hurl books and other items deemed associated with witchcraft into a massive bonfire on church parking lot in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Oh boy, Nashville... Nashville's neighbor, the burning begins about an hour into the live stream. At event, at least one counter-protester claimed to throw a Bible into the flames, Nashville scene reported. Uh, we have a constitutional right and a biblical right to do what we're going to do tonight, Locke said in a live stream video. We have a burn permit, but even with that one, a church has a religious right to burn occult, occultic materials that they deem are a threat to their religious rights and freedoms and beliefs. This is not the first time Locke has made headlines. The pastor has permanently banned from Twitter for spreading COVID vaccine misinformation. He previously described the vaccine as sugar water and said that he'd turn away churchgoers if they wore masks to his services. He also criticized Republican Tennessee Governor Bill Lee as coward noodle waffler. (laughs) Waffler. Uh, for signing an executive order that would allow the National Guard to assist overwhelmed hospitals during a COVID outbreak. Law claimed that children with autism are possessed by demons. Assisting the diagnosis doesn't even doesn't exist in the Bible. On Twitter, uh, uh, this is getting worse, folks. I don't know. On Twitter. 
On Twitter, users raised concerns about the event. Some drew similarities between the book burning at Global Vision Bible Church and the ones held in Germany during the Nazi regime. Locke's book burning event comes amid a growing efforts to ban certain books from schools. Books about racism and sexuality are being pulled from Texas school shelves in record numbers. The majority of books are targeted to feature LGBTQ characters or explicit descriptions of sex. Some of the books are, aren't explicit include pictures books about black historical figures and transgender children. Last month, the Tennessee school board voted to remove Mouse, a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about the Holocaust from its 8th grade reading list over profanity and nudity. So I guess, yeah, I guess I gotta talk about this since I'm from the area. Um, uh, so here, here's one thing with, you know, when we talk about witchcraft, you know, I, I for those of you who don't know, new to the show or don't know me very well, I grew up in church and I believed in the, I believed in that stuff for, uh, much longer than I probably should have, but, uh, you know, I was, I was full throttle, uh, this is the type of guy you get, let's go full throttle into all this, so it's nothing, nothing I haven't seen before, I remember, uh, you know, back in the 90s and stuff like that, we'd burn all our secular CDs that were, and we only listened to our Christian CDs, so this isn't anything super new to me, and it, I'm not that shocked that they held, like, a burning to, like, burn their Harry Potter books and, or, like, tarot cards and fantasy shit, whatever, you know, that's it's not that new to me. And so, you know, I understand certain things. Like, I get get when they say they're going to burn their voodoo dolls, tarot cards, and crystals and shit like that. That that makes sense to me because those those can be used for somewhat, you know, what, what people think is demonic and stuff like that. So even in their beliefs, they're somewhat right there. But when they talk about, like, Harry Potter, Twilight, and other, like, fantasy-type books, like, they're written by authors who are 100% like, you know this stuff is made up, right? This is a fictional story. Just because it has witchcraft and shit like that, it, it's still a fictional story. I remember, because my mom just wanted me and my brother to read all the time, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so big fan of the books. And so I remember my mom telling me, uh, like a rational human being, uh, that, hey, uh, I, you're okay. Read, you can read Harry Potter. That's no problem with us. Um, and, uh, we just want you to know that stuff is fake, which I'm like, yeah, I knew that pretty well. Um, but then they're like, you know, some people, especially other Christians aren't going to agree with Harry Potter. And so they're going to make a big deal out of it. Just let you know that coming in and know that this is fake and we, it's okay reading this. Okay. as other people have different beliefs. I'm like, okay, it's just, you know, I get, you know, I get like, Hey, you don't have to like everything Harry Potter or Twilight or whatever. Twilight's actually pretty stupid. It's, if you, if you like it as an, you either, if you, you don't like it seriously. Most my friends, my age, if we like Twilight, we like it because of how cringy it was. And, you know, we liked it as kids and shit like that. And that's why we like it now. But like how, like, I don't know how many Harry Potter fans actually believe anything in Harry Potter is real. Like we're aware it's a fictional story. And so it's not like a huge surprise to any of us. So I don't, I don't get that. How can they not like figure out that, uh, Harry, the book of Harry Potter is not real. There's no Hogwarts doesn't exist and, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, and I don't, I don't get that. So, uh, so the book burning, the, the witchcraft stuff burning is okay, but, and I'm not too shocked by it. A lot of crazy fucking Christians out there, but, I'm not too surprised with the book burning. Um, I just think it's funny um, like that. So I don't, you know, it's, you know, 
uh, you know, I was around when they had the big secularism. Like, why would you listen? Like, they people, you would like a band. Like, oh, you like Blink-182? Why don't you listen to uh, MXPX or Reliant K? Uh, they're like the Christian version of them. It's like, we don't need a Christian version of something. And I know MXPX and Reliant K are great bands. I still love them to this day. And, uh, but, you know, it's just some bands did not age well because they were trying to be the Christian version of another band. I'm like, it's like being the shitty version of something. Why don't you like, yeah, they're the shitty version of this band. And then they'd be in, you learn a lot of these artists don't even believe half the shit they're singing about and stuff like that. And they're just doing it because it's a career. And like, if they were like, well, if we come out as a, like agnostic or atheist right now, uh, we will lose a lot of money. And so that's always something you have to think about when you, uh, think, think in there and think about that. So, it's it's really weird, and so I'm not so it's like not that shocking that it, they're still doing this shit uh, these days. Um, I just think it's funny he called him a, a Bill Lee a waffler. Like, what year is this? What year are you from? Um, <laughs> he thinks autism are possessed by demons. Like, look, sometimes children, regardless if they have autism or not, they they are demons. So you kind of are right there, um, but like. What is the hate with autism? Like, it's not that I mean they can be annoying. But you could be like, man, that kid annoys me. He has autism. Like my my statement still stands. But at the point where you're like, I wish kids with autism didn't exist. And uh, and like people are like, the vaccines cause autism. And it's like, whoa. So you hate you would hate your child so much for having autism. Just like I don't know. Like maybe you shouldn't be a parent. Maybe. And yeah, and so and then you'd be like, it's sugar water they're injecting you with. So, so that's the thing with the, if the vaccine's just sugar water. Like, you take it, I mean, you get it, it doesn't work. You don't take, okay, if you take it and they're lying. So, if you don't take it, I guess, I don't know. I'm trying, what I'm trying to say here is um, if, you, if you take it and it doesn't work, it's whatever. But if you don't take it and it does work, then you're worse off than you are, I guess. We're just going to have to wait for anti-vaxxers to die. That's really all we can do. We have to infect them, and then I think medical staff needs to just treat them as second-class citizens. And I'm like, well, if the if an ICU room opens up, we're going to kind of uh, give that to the people who are vaccinated first, and then you can go second. That's I mean, that's the only thing I can think of if we're ever going to end shit like this. But uh, that's me. That's uh, that's what I can do. But um, yeah, and uh, Mouse, I read that my senior year in high school. Great, great novel. It was a great graphic novel, and uh, I think everyone should read it. I think nice thing is we all kind of have internet on our phones or iPads and computers. Um, you can you can read Mouse online. All pretty much all graphic novels are online. That's how I read comics today. I just pull up my iPad, pull up the the series I want to read, and then I go through it. That's how I read comic books today. Um, you can even find YouTube videos of people narrating it with the pictures and everything like that. So. Uh, it's not going to be hard for you to actually read Mouse, but they're going to ban it from schools over profanity and nudity. Look, I played online video games with kids. They've seen a lot worse. When I was a kid in middle school, I saw two girls, one cup. And for those of you who don't know, uh, it's the trailer for a movie called Hungry Bitches, and uh, a woman poops into a glass and then eats it and then vomits it into another woman's mouth. So... 
Um, if I could handle that as a kid, I'm pretty sure kids can handle profanity and nudity, uh, especially animal profanity and nudity. So, um, uh, y'all are full of a lot of bullshit. This is from CNN. Southwest Airlines bringing back alcohol on planes. What? Um, Southwest Airlines is bringing back alcoholic beverages on flights this month after suspending their sale in March 2020. Beer, wine, and hard liquor will be offered again starting on February 16th, the airline said in a news release. American Airlines is the only one of the four largest U.S. carriers that has not resumed alcohol sales. On Southwest, non-alcoholic beverages services will also be expected on February 16th to include options such as tonic water, Coke Zero, and hot chocolate. The beverage service is available on flights of 176 miles or more. Customers have expressed a desire for more beverage options, so we're delighted to restore additional onboard offerings as a part of the Southwest hospitality that our customers know and love, said Tony Roach, Vice President of Southwest Customer Experience and Customer Relations in the news release. The union representing Southwest Airlines flight attendants say resuming alcohol service is unsafe and irresponsible. Uh, Lynn Montgomery of TWU Local 556 says the union fought Southwest on the move, saying that it makes it hard to enforce the federal mask mandate on board as it puts flight attendants ri- at risk. Uh, attendants risk. Uh, we have adamantly and unequivocally informed management that the resuming sales of alcohol while the mask mandate is in place has a great potential to increase customer non-compliance and misconduct issues, Montgomery said in a statement. Other airlines have resumed serving alcohol. United Airlines resumed sales of hard liquor in in November, Delta Airlines resumed serving beer and wine to First Class and Delta Comfort Plus customers on domestic flights in July 2020, and then added alcohol sales back to the main cabin offering on some domestic flights in April 2021. American Airlines, the last big holdout on alcohol services, told CNN Friday that it hasn't set a date for the return of alcohol in its main cabins. We will continue to evaluate the situation and work closely with the union that represents our flight attendants, the Association of Professional Flight Attendants, and medical experts on this process to determine when we will return to full service to the main cabin, the airline said in a statement. Incidents uh, involving alcohol have been among the more serious cases of unruly passenger behavior during the pandemic. In November, the Federal Aviation Administration proposed a total of $161,823 in fines against passengers involved in alcohol-related incidents. Last year was the worst on record for unruly passenger behavior. Early in 2021, the FFA announced a zero-tolerance policy for unruly passenger behavior that skip warnings or counseling and goes directly to penalties, which can include heavy fines and jail time. Okay. So, um, last June I was in Kansas city and I flew Southwest because I know what I'm worth. And, uh, uh, the reason I pulled this article today is mainly because I was drinking that entire flight. Um, how did I do it? You may be asking here. I will tell you how I did that. Um, so you can buy like, so you obviously have to buy your liquor first. And, uh, so I, I bought like, I had like a bot about a bottle of, uh, Jack Daniels or something like that. And then I went on Amazon. You can buy little reusable, uh, liquor bottles that like you can bring on planes and stuff like that. And, um, look, they may not, they may, they said it wasn't allowed on the Southwest airlines flight. I looked online. However, um, with our, um, with the uh, TSA, uh, as long as you had it in like the appropriate Ziploc bag, uh, they did not give a shit if you brought it. So, uh, cause it's not a bomb and I had it in the proper bag and everything. So therefore I brought that on and, uh, tricks I used. Um, so, um, I 
when I, when I bought like a bottle of Coke, you know, before the flight, I think I bought cherry Coke. So I wanted to kind of wanted to be a little bit fancy. And, uh, so drank a little bit out of it, poured one bottle in there. So I had one Jack and Coke, uh, you know, drank that throughout the flight. And then by the time they actually, they, they're already going around giving beverages. And so, you know, I'm like, I'll have a diet Coke or whatever. So I got like a diet Coke and I was, then I was worried about my health. And, uh, so I got that, drank a little bit of it and like, there's people all around me. And so I just brought it out, poured it in while the flight attendant was gone and, uh, was still, still drinking, you know, so I was drinking more on the flight. So that was a fun flight. FYI. Uh, I don't think people understand drinking on the plane is fun, but here's the problem with people drinking on planes. I kept my mask on. I only took it off to take my drink and then I put it back on. Uh, I, I'm not a pussy. I eat pussy. If you don't, if you know, if you have a problem with wearing a mask, I mean, I don't like wearing a mask, but if you have a problem, if you can't wear a mask, then uh, you're a pussy and uh, you've never made a woman have an orgasm and uh, you got to eat pussy to win the game. You got to get the honey pot. That's all. That's what it's all about. So um, I wonder if, see, the problem, the problem is, I think with alcohol is that people act like jackasses when they're drunk. That's, that's the problem. Um, I've realized that there's two types of ways I get drunk. One is having that nice amount of buzz so you can hang out with your friends and have a good time without overdoing it. The second is you're home alone and uh, you're just going to drink so much until you need to fall asleep. Those are the two types you can drink. And uh, I'm a good drunk, I tell you. I may pass out in the inappropriate places, but I'm a good, I'm a great drunk. Um, some people are terrible drunks. And if you're a terrible drunk, you're not, you shouldn't be drinking on airplanes. If you're a good drunk like me, you can, because one, I wasn't talking to anyone anyways. I was just watching like Dave, Dave on Hulu or whatever. Um, and I like on my iPad. So I was like sitting there like watching that got like a good buzz going. I'm just like nice and relaxed and stuff like that. So that's how you do it. Um, so people are, people are sneaking booze on to the plane. Uh, the question is, um, should you get in trouble for it? If you, if you have a tendency to get in trouble when you drink, don't just don't, just don't drink on your flight. If, uh, if you're a good drunk, then, um, have fun. Just make, just all you have to do is wait. And, you know, as long as you're not annoying to other people around you, uh, they probably aren't going to tell. So, um, mainly. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And uh, that goes for both sides of the argument, I guess. Last article we have. Furries raise money for libraries after mayor threatens to withhold funds due to the LGBTQ plus books. Uh, this is from Clarion Ledger. Never heard of them. Uh, the furry community has taken a charge of leading fundraiser efforts for the Madison County Library System and raised thousands of dollars as funding for the libraries hang in limbo. The system entered the spotlight after Ridgeland Mayor Gene McGee uh, said he would withhold $110,000 in an annual funding after books with LGBTQ plus themes and authors were put on display. Uh, furries are a device community of writers, artists, and role players who take an interest in anthropomorphized animals like wolves and cats, furries are often part of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, McGee said he received complaints about books with LGBTQ themes or authors that, which had been part of a new book displayed in the Ridgeland in September. He said he doesn't believe any sexual, sexually explicit materials should be available in the library where children may be exposed to it. In my capacity as mayor, I simply believe the books are inappropriate for children, McGee said in a statement, uh, so, so, 
so a talk, a Florida tech industry uh, worker and furry community member who prefers to go by his online handle, saw a tweet about the situation and took action to raise awareness. <laughs> I have friends in Mississippi, and I know that this act of bigotry doesn't speak for all Mississippi residents, he said. So insist... Uh, so instead of dismissing the entire state because of the actions of one bad politician, I decided to explore the possibility of donating to offset the withheld amount. His search led him to Friends of the Original Library, a local nonprofit with which had a fundraiser launched by Every Library, a national nonprofit pol political action committee for libraries days after the decision gained national attention. When So I talk, uh, made his initial donation of $500 on a $2,500 goal. On January 27th, they were, there weren't any other backers other than him. Less than 24 hours after posting a screenshot of his donation, the fundraiser had 189 backers and had raised more than $9,000. Furries are known to swarm charitable causes that resonate with the community, so a talk has said, and have raised upwards of $80,000 in a single weekend during conventions. As a result of the furry community pension for charity, I started this by believing that reaching the $110,000 that the mayor is withholding was possible. There was no doubt that we could pull this off, he said. I didn't expect to make so much progress so quickly. However, uh, as of Friday, the campaign of nearly 1,800 people yeah, 1,800 people who have pledged $78,200 in counting. It continues until February 14th. So, a good story. Um, I gotta say, though, um, this is a good, heartfelt story, but I find a few, like, furries are trying to come off as, like, we're not sexual. It's, it's all sexual. Like, the whole thing is sexual. And, uh, even with, like, we're part of the LGBTQ community, and, like, in the LGBTQ community, like, some gay and lesbians, the gays and lesbians don't even really think the trans belong there either. Sometimes. Some of them. I'm not speaking for all of them. I'm just saying I'm okay with all of them because I don't have a problem um, with anyone that's not, unless they're Republican. Those are my the problem people most of the time. So uh, just another heartfelt story uh, to end our news on. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money considering $218 billion is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now, I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. Holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. The only way to be built different is to get yourself some supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. 
FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So we're somewhat of scientists here over at uh, Cancel Sweezy, and one one thing that is for sure is that we are always trying to get to the bottom and do our research due diligently and uh, in the only way we know possible. So um, this this week on Black History Month, Ooh, bitch, get out of my fucking what? It's Black History Month. We we are going over the the origins of men being called daddy. You know, some of you my nickname. Um, but though there's a history behind it because at one point I had to think, um, who, who actually calls someone daddy during sex? Um, because I joke around, I've, I've made a joke and it's a great joke. All my jokes are great. If you haven't noticed, um, that, uh, you just start using daddy as like a gender neutral term for everyone. So just like when your friends like, hey, can you go get me? Can you go get me a, a diet coke from the fridge? Thanks, daddy. You know, you just call your friends that. You know, it works. And you have friends who are women, you can call them daddy too, which I always think is fun. Like, hey, Sarah, go get me that. Thanks, daddy. And it's just you know, it's it's a great general neutral term. And then, um, then that evolved. And then, what is a mommy? And uh, that was also a good question as well. What is a mommy? And mommy is what you refer to as, I would say, people you're attracted to, you call mommy. So I would be like, Mommy Brie Larson, Mommy Scarlett Johansson, uh, Mommy Rosa from uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, who was also in Encanto. And we're still deciding if, uh, if I'm allowed to find that character hot or not, because that. Nah, but we'll still talk about Bruno. Um... And I bet someone called Bruno Daddy at one point, and so it, it's it's a good it's a good observation for us to decide who who do we call Daddy? What is a Daddy? Um, how do we move forward? What is the origin of the word Daddy? You know, a couple of weeks ago we went over the origins of the birds and the bees, which we now decided we will be referring to as uh, the girls in the cup, and. Uh, so yeah, so what about daddy? What do we what if so I did my research on the word daddy and with um with all of that, you know, you had to do research. I put hours and hours into it. Hours, I mean, I googled it and I copy and pasted um one article into uh my uh, script or slash episode. It's like a script slash episode guide that I go through all these episodes with. And, uh, I haven't read it, but I want to learn about what daddy is, what it means to be a daddy. daddy. 
right here, right now on this podcast, right now. Cancel Sweezy coming. This is a Cancel Sweezy exclusive coming to you live um, while I'm recording this. I don't do many edits, FYI. On what is daddy? And so we're going to learn what daddy is together because daddy, referring to myself as daddy, um, wants to know all the origins of uh, daddy. Well, you think. So, going into this, I guess, say, before I even read this article, I want to say that uh, I, when you initially hear daddy, you know, like, you're like, people call each other, women call men daddy during sex. That's the, that's the original term. And, uh, we, and so we, you get to, uh, you get to the point, like, why would you call him daddy? Like, you, you, are you pretending that she's your daughter? And you're her father, and then you're like, what woman wants to have sex with their father? That's fucking weird. I know it happens um, in the South. Um, I'm aware of the South, and all that happens inside the South. But we don't know, um, we don't know the origins of it. So you think it's like, oh, we're father and daughter having sex? Like, then why is it attractive to be called a girl's father? And stuff like that. And, Yeah. That's uh, that's the that's the info we're going into today. That's this is what we're starting into this with. So um, uh, let's let's do our, let's do some research. Let's just jump into it. So I found one article by Vice. Um, they sometimes have good things, but uh, let's look. Let's see what the origins of being a daddy is. Um, so without further ado, let's go into this. Uh, Why Women Like to Call Men Daddy During Sex by Bethy Squires. So she was the other scientist scientist researching uh, this information, and uh, let's go over it. Pet names are pretty common among people who fuck each other. (laughs) Just, just, this is the first line. Pet names are pretty common among people who fuck each other. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Baby, honey, little puddin', tater. Fuck calls their partner Tater. <laughs> so, hey Tater, come here. I mean, I've called a girl Chewy. So not during sex, but it's a nickname I gave her. Little Puddin. Hey, little Puddin. Uh, one pet name, however, has proven to be more controversial than others. Daddy. Why do some women call their dudes Daddy during sex? I've heard from a fair amount of men who were turned off by it and were worried that it was an indicator of daddy issues, says sex therapist Vanessa Marin. Yes, daddy can mean father, but we also use the word to indicate when someone is the boss, in charge, a protector, or doing a good job. Uh, that usually the meaning women are going for in the bedroom is a bit of a 70s porn cliche. I've never run across a woman who called her partner daddy because she genuinely liked fantasizing that he was her father. Freud is the originator of the theory that we all want to bone down with our parents. We also came up with penis envy, the idea that all women are crippled with an obsessive need to have a dong, which is one of the many reasons most of his work has been sidelined by modern psychology. However, his presence still looms over popular discussion of mental health online. Even the people who deny that daddy issue have anything to do with calling their partner daddy during sex, having an air of doth pro of air of doth protesting too much. Um, I don't know. I enjoy calling my ex. So daddy, my ex. So 
daddy because I thought it sounded hot, says one Redditor. Um, I don't have a father and I don't have a daddy. I don't have daddy issues. The general consensus on Reddit was that women call their partners daddy because they are into submitting to male authority figures. Sir slash master just doesn't have the same affectionate tone to it. Know what I mean? Says one Redditor. Some girls want to call their man daddy in a way that has nothing to do with their father, but has but as a way that communicates she is submissive to your masculinity, says another. The most extreme version of this mindset is the DDIG kink community. DDIG stands for Daddy Dom Little Oh DDLG, uh, but Daddy Dom is capital, but LG for little girl is lowercase. Uh, usually, with only the daddy getting capitalization, with this kink, men take care of their littles, providing toys and discipline. The littles, in turn, bring a joyful innocence to the relationship. The DDLG secret personals and blogs for women who describe themselves as being mentally aged three to six, physically all grown up. Uh, this grosses me out more than if they wanted to fuck their dad, but that probably just because my personal fetish is being respected as an adult. I don't, you have an actual fetish and it's not, that's not it. It also feeds into a problem society has with sexualizing children and rendering grown women childlike. What does it say about our society if we fetishize helplessness and submitting to someone else's will? And is it a coincidence that DDLG looks like a text abbreviation of the word diddling? While researching this story, I could tell my personal biases were getting in the way, so I did what any adult who wanted to be taken seriously would do. I talked to my mommy. Uh, Dr. Margaret Squires has been doing couples therapy for over 35 years and working with survivors of childhood sexual abuse for over 30. She doesn't believe there's anything particularly pedophiliac about daddy talk. I think that when the language comes up, it's just as likely to be in a healthy relationship. You're getting back to every early warm attachment. She also didn't necessarily have a problem with DDLG dynamic. Sometimes people are merely recognizing a pattern in their relationship. That's why we have relationships so we can rely on each other. Uh, it's not necessarily for everyone to be equally strong in all things. Uh, there is a risk in letting these patterns become rigid in the relationship. My mother calls it de-selfing. Uh, people in these relationships erase any part of themselves that bothers the other person. They fail to recognize uh, that they have rights. She recognized that daddies could possibly de-self erasing the childlike part of themselves that needs to be nurtured. But one tends to be the women de-selfing because in this society, that's what, what women do. Women are trained from a very early age to put other people's needs before their own and to erase themselves from situation. Your grandfather used to call his wife slug. My mom continued, it's not particularly important to worry about what people call each other. Uh, it's important to recognize our own individuality and find a partner who supports that. I don't know if that answered any of my fucking questions. Um, let's, let me go back. Um, I've, I know a little bit. Of, I never heard the term DDLG, daddy, dom, little girl. I've heard daddy, dom, little girl. But I never heard DDLG. Um, I've, I've been on that side of TikTok and I'm going to tell you folks, you don't need to go there on that side of TikTok. Uh, I've been seeing, uh, I've been seeing like there's a trending TikTok. What side of TikTok did you not try to get on? I've seen this TikTok and people are replying to it and, uh, I don't want to reply where I've been to that side. I don't want to reply that I'm currently on Down Syndrome TikTok. Nothing wrong with the Down Syndrome community. I have no problem with them. I just don't know why, 
the TikTok algorithm is sending that stuff my way. Um, that's just a problem with the TikTok algorithm, not with uh, anyone in particular. Um, and so I guess so it's more of, I guess we're kind of, what I did kind of learn from this, uh, that some men are just creepy and weird, and uh, that's just uh, that's just how it is. Uh, this is the type of guy you get. That some that uh, it's just more of a dom situation. Now, it's weird when you when you we because I hear a lot about women. Uh, you know, it's it's very obvious. There's like these women's rights and stuff like that. You know, we're not talking about women's wrongs. We're talking about women's rights and. You hear mostly like when you know women. You hear about women should be equally paid and shit like that. Then it comes to sex, and a lot more women want to be uh, subs. They want to be subs in the bedroom, which is a very weird thing. No judgment towards anyone, and I'm a hundred percent on equal pay for women. Women should be able to do anything a man can do. Um, paying standing up is going to be a little bit difficult, but you can if you want to. Um, so that's, that. yeah, I just think it's funny how when it comes to sex, women all of a sudden, uh, want to be dominated by a man. It's okay. Uh, we all, we all will do anything. We, not everyone can be the top. Some people have to be the bottom sometime. I feel though in our world, there are more bottoms than there are tops. I, it, we're all Tupperware and we just can't find our lids when it comes to that. But, um, yeah, so I think now, going into this, when I call my friends daddy, I feel like I'm complimenting them because I think they're great and responsible human beings and they deserve all the respect that I give them because you can't spell daddy without shweezy. Um, that's, that's a thing. Um, so what have we learned here? Should you say daddy during sex? No. If a woman said daddy during sex with me, I would puke laughing because that shit is hilarious. I will call my friends daddy, um, and daddy should be a gender-neutral term, um, and I will continue to call women I find attractive mommy, uh, especially if cartoon women especially deserve mommy, especially when you play a Pokemon game and you see a woman character you like. You have to call her mommy, like Cynthia, Mommy Cynthia uh, from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, uh, and, uh, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, and, uh, you can always watch me stream on, uh, Shweezy Live, it's the Facebook page that you can always watch me, uh, stream any of this shit on, which is really cool, and that, that's, that's the lesson on the word daddy, um, should you use it in the bedroom? No. Should you call your friends daddy to show respect? 100% absolutely. Oh, next thing I want to talk about is I, I found a show on TLC, which stands for the Learning Channel. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, uh, TLC is short for the Learning Channel. Um, and, you know, I found a TV show. Um, this show was advertised to me on TikTok. TikTok is a never-ending black hole of just content. You can stay on there for hours. Uh, hours, it's like, the, these videos aren't longer than three minutes. Like, they three minutes is the limit. But you can somehow waste hours of your life 
sitting there looking at TikToks. I don't, they, they made something brilliant and you just keep scrolling and it never runs out. It just, just keeps swiping up and never runs out. And I saw this show advertised to me. Uh, the show is on TLC. Like I said, is short for the learning channel. Uh, sometimes you act and to be honest with you, I like to watch Dr. Pimple Popper and, um, cause I just want to see gross things come out of people's bodies. And, uh, the fact is I learn a lot from that show, uh, especially about dermatology and stuff like that. My friends, uh, get cysts or lipomas. Like they have like small ones. I'm like, what's that bump? And then I'm like, I kind of look at it. I'm like, I think that's a lipoma, uh, or a cyst. Uh, it's most likely benign. So it's not cancers or anything. Um, uh, so it's either one of those or the other, but you're going to have to go to like a dermatologist or a surgeon. They're going to have to remove it for you. So I do learn a lot. Um, my friends don't have to go to a dermatologist anymore. Um, however, I do want some friends uh, to, I want to force some friends to watch it with me. I have watched some, but I want more friends to force to watch with me just to see them get grossed out. Um, that um, There's another show like My Feet Are Killing Me. That's all just foot surgery. I thought they were going to root, because I watch like videos of like, uh, like, they trim out ingrown hairs. Like sometimes they do it like so smoothly and I'm like, that's gotta feel good. But, uh, no, it's just like removing toes and shit like in bunions. So that show is pretty heavy. Um, then they have like 90 day fiance, which is just stupid people. Like, I don't, you don't learn anything on that show. That show is zero learning whatsoever. Um, but, uh, then they, they, they started to air this one show called, uh, I am Shauna Ray. And, uh, that's, I saw it advertised to me on TikTok and, um, you know, uh, it's a show that's a little bit of learning and a little bit of just reality TV, trash TV. And I gotta say, um, I'm very much interested in this show. So, um, to give a little summary of what this show is about, it's this, uh, 20 year, 22 year old woman named Shauna Ray, but she goes by Shauna for short. So I don't know. Um, they could have just that I am Shauna. They could have just called the show that. So Shauna, uh, when she was like six months old, she, she was diagnosed with some sort of brain cancer. And, uh, basically they got that taken care of. And I don't believe she, she doesn't have it anymore. I think she gets regular checkups on that, but she does not have brain cancer anymore. So that's a good thing. However, something happened, uh, with that brain cancer that sort of made it weird for her to develop correctly. And so she, so like she stopped growing, uh, properly. So she was always smaller than the rest of her classmates. And so they had like a, it's a pituitary, I'm saying that word right, a pituitary problem that did not allow her to grow correctly. And so she got some like hormones, I guess, or some sort of medication uh, that helped her with her growing. But by the time she was 16, they did check them and then all her bones were fully fused because you, you were born with more bones than you. It's weird. You lose bones. They fuse together. Doesn't it feel like though, when you're a baby, you would have less bones. And when you grow, get older, you'd get more bones just because you're getting bigger. That's not, that's not how it works. You're born with a lot of bones and then they fuse together. And so I guess by the time she was 16, it was just hundred percent of her body's like, we're done. And so she's 22 years old and she has the body of an eight year old. Um, she does have some boobs, a little, little boobs. Um, I haven't seen her naked FYI. So I don't know fully, uh, boobs. Like I said, until you see everything off, you don't know what a woman's boob sizes are okay some women 
uh, they get proper bras and they know how to make their boobs look bigger. Sometimes I've even learned that like if they're wearing certain things with like a, or I guess the their cleavage is showing, like you can they can use makeup to make it look better too and bigger than it is. And then, yeah, so you don't know what a woman's boobs look like until you take the shirt off. So I don't know how big her boobs are, but I guess she has some. Um, but it's inter- this show is super interesting because um, what's it like to be 22 years old, but you look eight? Because, like, you, you have to imagine, like, you go anywhere. You go anywhere in this world, and they'll be like, she just, she, you know, she's going out with her friends. She wants to go get a drink at a bar with her friends. And then uh, they're like, um, children can't sit at the bar. And she has to be like, I'm 22. And everyone's going to be like, no, you're not. And then, so she has to, and then she has to like, I guess, show her ID and shit like that. And I'm like, and at that one, like, this has to be fake. And then like, cause you see like an eight year old, but like, I'm actually 22 and you're like, huh? Stuff like that. Um, and so like that. And so, uh, it's really funny because you would assume that at some point she'd just be, get used to that answer. You know, I'm 22. I was born with this problem when I was born and now, blah, 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 now I'm here. So, yeah. Um, but they, they, I, got, I don't know if it's just the editing on the show, but they always act like it's a big deal. And everyone's like, you're not 22. And I'm like, at some point you got to get used to it, just being like, well, yeah, I was born with a problem. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you go, go forward with that. But then they, they act like it's a big deal anytime it happens. Um, they go into her dating life a lot. Um, don't know if I'm going to have to... So, so yeah, they do go into her dating life a lot, which is really funny because, um, cause you have to think, you have to think here. She, she doesn't, the way she dates, like, she's like, yeah, there, you would think, okay. So you think with a girl who looks eight years old, but she's actually 22 that, uh, she would have no problem with finding a guy. Um, the thing we don't realize is the guys that are into eight year old girls are creeps. And she makes that very clear on the show. And I'm like, yeah, that, that checks out. That makes a lot of sense. Like, cause you don't think like, yeah, she wouldn't have a problem with dating. There's some weird guy out there who's like, I want a fucking eight year old. But you're like, you're 22. It's like, the, it's like a dream come true. It's like, I can fucking eight year old and not go to jail. And, and, uh, yeah. And yeah, then you realize like those guys are creepy and I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, I watched a lot of murder shows. I would know, uh, that those guys are creeps and, uh, she, she, yeah, she lets, she lets us know that, um, that they're creeps. So like you, you get to watch her day. She like goes on dating apps, um, stuff like that. And, uh, like the shenanigans, that's like my favorite part of the shenanigans. Um, uh, and it, like in it, the whole thing, like if you're a guy on the other end, um, your, your mind is the, uh, Apple quick, uh, rainbow click wheel, um, that shows you something is loading because you don't know if, uh, you are allowed to like be attracted to her or not. You're like, if you say she's attractive, you're like, Oh, you're into eight year olds. I'm like, well, no, I know her situation's weird, but then you're also, cause it's also like, if you want to date her, it's like, are you into eight year olds? You're like, no. But if you say she's attractive, then it says you think an eight year old is attractive. It's like a, it's like a confusing state. Um, like legally on paper saying you're attracted to this specific person is not, but then everyone's going to accuse you of being attracted to an eight year old. And, and, it, and then it's just, it's just a whole, it's a whole, it's just a whole lot of nonsense. Um, but anyways, I don't think I, I told myself, you know what? I, I would date her. And, um, one reason 
the only, not even like in her personality or anything. I, I would do it because I think it would be funny to call her Master Yoda uh, and then carry her around like Luke did in Empire Strikes Back while he's doing his Jedi training. Come on, Master Yoda, Master Yoda, <laughs> and just start start talking all this shit about his Master Yoda. Well, that's me, and I think it would also be funny um, to for people to think I'm like going on dates with an eight-year-old, like what other people think when it's not like the truth or whatever. You're like, did you just buy that eight-year-old a glass of wine? Are you making out with that eight-year-old right now? I think that would be really funny. Um, but, uh, I don't know if she would be into that. That's like a weird, that's like a weird thing. So I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't be opposed to dating someone like that. Um, but it's also weird being like, ah, I don't know if I'm, if I want to, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, you like her because she looks eight years old? I'm like, God fucking damn it, that'd be a problem. But I guess, like, every relationship has a little bit of baggage. So it's whatever. Um, I'm more into, like we, we talked about last week on my, my perfect woman graph, there has to be a good personality. Because if it's a boring person, I will kill myself. Um, but it's, it, it's really funny. Um, the one weird thing, I think, um, before we go, I want to go back into, like, more dating shenanigans, is um, that... She, uh, she has the voice of an eight-year-old. Like, you would assume that, um, her voice would be normal, but I guess, you know, growing and stuff like that, like, the voice wouldn't drop correctly, uh, for, like, an adult woman. So, that's very weird. And I was wondering, like, how do you change that? Because I know, uh, when we talk about trans, uh, men and women, that if you're, if you're a woman and you're transitioning into a man, uh, testosterone will drop your voice. However, it does not work vice versa. So if you are a man, uh, uh, transitioning, that's the word I was like converting into a woman. Um, if you're transitioning to a woman, your voice doesn't get higher. That's why you hear like what trans women have weirder, more like you could tell a trans woman from a trans man a little bit easier just because the voice doesn't drop. And I don't know if there is a way to fix that permanently. Um, but I don't know if we should be giving Shauna testosterone though. I don't know if that would, how that would work and stuff like that. And I've, I've like, I had a thought like maybe I'm low on testosterone, but then I learned testosterone could make you lose your hair. And I'm like, I'll just be a woman. I'll just be kind of womany or whatever they, or they want me to be. Um, so yeah, that, that's another funny thing. Um, and, uh, you know, they were only on four episodes, though, and, like, the fifth episode, they're peeking, like, she gets mad at a bar because she can't see over the bar or something like that. I'm like, I'm excited to see that. Uh, that's next week. I'm excited to see that. Um, what what other things uh, did I think of this show? It was really funny. Um, yeah, she, okay, she, she, she has some boobs. She talks about she has some boobs, and she has talks about, like, getting clothing and stuff like that because... Um, she wants to dress like an adult, which would make sense because she is an adult. However, clothes in her size, she's like three foot something, um, would be like, you'd have to, the sizes would be in the kids section and, um, kids clothes are different than adult clothes for many reasons. Like when you're an adult woman, um, you can dress as slutty and as hot as you want and it's okay. And I encourage it. I know you're thinking I'm going to shame you. No, I encourage it. Just let me see it. Um, just, uh, yeah, dress, dress like you want. Uh, I want to see that shit. Um, but then like, but like when you're a kid, no, no, we don't want to see a kid like that. So this is where we get to Shauna's uh, situation because Shauna needs to dress her age. And sometimes, you know, girls gotta be, 
Girls gotta dress slutty. It's it's mating season, and a woman has to dress that way. However, um, for for kids who are eight years old, I would not let the if I had an eight year old, I'm like, you're not you're not allowed to dress like a slut until you're eighteen. That's just the rules. Uh, I believe that you're not allowed to be a tra- if you're a parent. You have a kid. I don't want you like suppressing their creativity or their individuality, but they're not allowed to be attractive. That's all genders of children. If you have a child, they're not allowed to be attractive until they turn 18. Those are the rules that I made up, and I think it's a solid rule. But uh, it's really funny. So, anyways, though, back to it. I think Shauna does have boobs. Um, the size, I don't know. Um, but the question I wonder is. And it's really funny. They go to the beach on like one episode and like, she's getting a lot of attention from younger boys. Cause they're like a girl my age, but she has boobs and tattoos and stuff like that. And she, Oh yeah, she has tattoos, which is a good way to end a show. Like, Oh yeah, I'm an adult or I have a terrible mother. Like those are the two people who look like that, who have tattoos. And, uh, so seeing that. And so like, she'll get younger boys. be like, that girl's my age and she's super hot. I'm going to go talk to her. She'll get like a lot of young boy attention. Um, and then mo- the moms always get weird looks. I'm like, why would you let your daughter dress like that? So it's it's like it's always just funny situations. So I want to know this: Does she have pubes? Um, I know that is a rude question to ask any woman. Do you have pubes? Some 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 I don't think it's a problem. I have friends. I'll be like, you have pubes, and they'll tell me. Um, but uh, to women you don't know, it's a good question. Like, do you have pubes? Um, that's a good question. I'd like to know because you don't know where she is on that it was a good question like what would if you were a gambling man how much would you say that uh shauna ray has pubes and um it could go either way i think it's a good it's a good question that could go either way um what and uh yeah so i think um with that being said yeah i think it's, it's a good question does she have pubes um what would it be like dating her she says she's lost her virginity too which I think is interesting. Um, cause I would love to know that full story. This is like stories that are like personal to people. I'm like, I w- I'd love for you to, uh, divulge that information on TV for my entertainment. And, uh, yeah, everyone go check out. I am Shauna Ray. Uh, I don't know how long this show is going to last. Uh, but it's interesting. It's an interesting concept, more interesting than the little people, big world concepts that we've been seeing, uh, forever. So yeah, the learning channel, when an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show.
anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So now it's time for ask ask uh, ask Shweezy, a the the part of the show where I answer questions uh, to solve the world problems and uh, to realize what you are at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, I think I mean I don't I don't know what else I have to say, but let's just jump into it. Um. So first question I got: How many abortions are too many? Three. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, but let's, let's be serious for a second. Um, I think three is my answer, though, FYI. I, I will say this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to shame abortion shame anyone. Is that is that a shame thing you can do? Abortion shame? <clears throat> um, but I don't know. You get, to, you get to a point where, like, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you are on the abortion subject. Um, you can get to a point where it's like, that's too many. There's, there's a number there, regardless of viewpoints. And I think that number is three. Um, because once you get to three, like, if you have two, it's just kind of like, oh, I made that mistake. Oh, I made that mistake again. Um, but then the third time though, it's like, yeah, take care of it. But at that point, it's kind of like, you should, you should need, you need to figure out some sort of birth control. And I, I mean, that's always something I know with birth control because for women have all these options and men all the only thing men have is pulling out and uh condoms like that's all men have and so um and condoms suck for i i would say both parties but a a lot more for men and you know i always wonder about like women you know because if i if they had a lot more male birth control i would be Searching up and down, far and wide, seeing what works for me. I would try out multiple different things until I find out something that works. And so, I, and I do get uh, women who do try, and like you know, it's just a lot of things. Like, uh, yeah, I got really fat when I took you know the pill, and uh, NuvaRing didn't work or whatever, and stuff like that. You know, it's like, and that's fine. At least you tried. You know, and some women just don't try. They're like, I'm just not gonna be on there. I'm just gonna raw dog life, which is like crazy to me to think because. It's like I, I even worry about like people I know. Like I'm like I'm gonna worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it and shit like that. And you know I get I get worried about that. And so it's crazy to me that there's some like women who's just like yeah I'm going raw and then oh, get get another abortion and stuff like that. So I think the answer we all know. We all know the answer to this question, and the answer is three. We all know three is too many. After three, like maybe get your tubes tied because. 
because you know, because that sounds like a ha- like I don't I mean I don't know a lot I know a lot about abortion I know you're sucking a fetus out but at some point I'm like, can your body can the woman female body handle three abortions like I assume it could handle two. Um, it wouldn't be out of her. I don't think it sounds pleasant to happen, but I feel like I feel like two would be like the body's limit. I don't think the body would want you to have a third abortion. And if science allows a third abortion, I guess I'll go for it. But I'm also speaking out of my ass right now about this. So um, this is not science right now. I'm just saying um, that I am full pro-choice. I but I also think this is all 100% a woman's choice. Uh, to decide um, what they want to do with it because it's a man's choice to decide what they want to do with like they want to be the father or not like it's that's the man's choice but I 100% think it should be a woman's choice on whether or not they want to keep the baby that's I think it's 100% on the woman's end of things and uh, they 100% get that choice and uh, I don't get that choice because it's not my body because I can't if I wanted to carry a baby um, I'd try to figure something out um, I've carried big poops um regardless of the situation. So, yeah, I guess that, that's how I'll answer it. Three or three abortions is too many. But also, um, even but after two, maybe look into birth control or just something. Um, or maybe just stop letting guys raw dog you. I think that might be an answer, too. Maybe, maybe, maybe be a little bit more exclusive to who you let in your vagina. Um, yeah, I guess. Is it okay to tell someone you only went out with a couple with a couple you don't want to pursue a relationship via text? Um, this is a very interesting question and something that could be debated on uh, regardless of who you are, what you are, and how you are. Um, because cause I know a lot of times you think about like if you're going to break up with someone, uh, don't do it over the phone or over text. Do it in person. Um, and so because that would be the, the probably the best thing to do. Um, and they're like, it's hard. I'm like, yeah, those conversations suck. It's not easy to have those conversations, but they have to happen. And, uh, you know, they do happen and it, it sucks dick. And, uh, and I hate, why did I use suck dick as an, as a bad thing? Sucking dick's a good thing. So, so yeah. Um, so here's the thing though. Well, yeah, when you're in a serious relationship with someone, you're like, really, you're going, uh, full throttle. Uh, let's go full throttle. Uh, with someone like yes, obviously it would make sense that you do it in person. Um, this is a person uh, from what it sounds like. You have to. Um, well, I'll try to create a scale for you that would determine um, at what point would this be an appropriate situation for you. Um, so looking at it, is it okay to tell someone you know a couple times? If it was like two or three times, you're not really exclusive, uh, and at no point was it ever determined that you're exclusive. I think actually text is probably the perfect thing to do it. Hey, um, I'm kind of don't think it's working out between us. I'm not really feeling it. Got a regret right now. I'm feeling it. And, you know, stuff like that. You know, you can't be necessarily say you're feeling it. Uh, and you know, I think a text, just be honest and be nice about it. Probably the good thing. However, if, if it's been like a couple months, like, you know, it's probably better to do it in person. Um, and even if it was, if you did go full Let's throttle, go full throttle, uh, obviously yes, you have to, you have to do it in person. But because like you've only been out with them a couple times, you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know this person very well, so I think it's okay to do it over text message in this situation. I would 100% suggest that you do do 
see what I did there, in person, because you don't know how they're going to react to this situation. So um, that's what I will suggest for you. Just, uh, what? Just uh, yeah, I think text message is good. Just be nice about it and be honest, because I think we, we've all, us dating today has lost a lot of uh, honesty, and uh, we just ignore our problems, which is not a good idea. Um, I can tell you that ignoring your problems is definitely 100% not a good idea. And that's something you should probably uh, look into not doing. And uh, when you don't do something, it makes it makes your life better. The makes your good part of your life a lot better. So yeah. Um, number three, another question. If given the chance to talk to Donald Trump, what would you say? So this is a very interesting question. Um, you know, you, you would think, you know, I have an audio or in slash video platform, uh, where I can have a guest on, I can sit down, talk with someone and talk to them, therefore about what's going on with their lives, what they're doing. And, you know, generally talk about them and actually sit down and do an interview with them. Uh, I think how I would interview Donald Trump would be, um, somewhat different because you would think most people would probably think I would go in and try to bring up everything he does wrong. Like, why are you so racist? Why, why are you so homophobic? Why are you orange? And uh, stuff like that. So that's what I guess what people would think you do, and that's what people say they would do. But I don't think that's a good idea going forward to try and, like, interview someone. I would try to, you know, um, I would kind of I kind of want to know what he's like. It's kind of a thing, like, what is he like just sitting down talking with him? Like, he's not... You know, I'm not really trying to, because the entertainment is me and him having a conversation, and uh, so he's not trying to necessarily perform. Uh, the perform it's like sports, you know. The sports people aren't like doing things to be entertaining; they're just playing the sport, therefore are being entertaining. So with uh, me sitting down talking to someone on like a podcast type situation, uh, the entertainment's already there. So neither of us have to actually try to be entertaining. We just have to make sure there's no lull. In, there's a different way you talk to someone and have like a lull in the conversation. Um, that said, so uh, typically what I would do in this situation, sit down, just start random. I don't know. It's not small talk, but it's not large talk. I, I like to call it medium talk. T-A-L-K, not T-O-K, like TikTok. Uh, so I'd have medium talk, talking with him. And, you know, just talk about, you know, things like that. And like try to get him to tell stories. I'll tell stories. A little bit back and forth. And um, eventually, typically stuff like that, it leads into uh, bullshit. Like, you know, it's like, so is there like, you know, why do you want to like think Mexicans are a real problem? Like, I know that like Trump Tower, you know, hires a lot of, uh, you know, probably Latino people and, uh, you know, like a lot of maid services like that. Like, what's the what's the problem with them? And then you'd be like, oh, I don't really have a problem with them. I mainly probably it's a great way to convince workers because a lot of low uh, working class people, like you would say, working class people um, think that their job is getting replaced by like uh, by immigrants coming over to America who are willing to work cheaper and stuff like that. And so, uh, kind of getting them to rally on my side there. And that's kind of why I said, that's why I was like, build a wall so they can't come over. I'd be like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I, and then I would come out it not trying to judge him. Um, maybe like telling up to like, but don't you think it could be a little racist? I'm like, well, yeah, maybe my fans are racist, but, um, 
you know, it's not really my intention. I was just trying to get them on my side. That's all I was really trying to do. So, I mean, like, it'd be a good conversation. Um, that's kind of how I would lead into it. Start with some medium talking points, you know, fun, get them really comfortable, and then try to get into the big things. Because a lot of times, you kind of have to get people comfortable. And, I'm, and it sounds like I'm being maniacal when I'm saying that. The real trick, though, when doing that, though, is that you want them to know, like, hey, I'm not – you got to let them know, hey, I'm not going to – like. I'm a safe person to talk to in regards to that. So you can talk to me and we can have this conversation and I'm not going to sit here and try to like do something sinister with like what we're trying to talk about right now. Um, that's, you know, that's the main point. And, um, you know, there's other things I could do, you know, bring up as well. Um, you know, there's obviously, I would probably have some talking points I want to bring up, talk beforehand, but a lot of times if I was, you know, sitting down, getting to interview him, um, I would prob- I'd probably not try to prepare that much. Um, I just want to see where the conversation goes and uh, see what happens in between us, you know? Um, yeah, just, you know, we're just sitting down, we're just talking, and uh, it's about conversations of being, being raw. And I really like that. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's how I would do that. I would not try to be like expose them because like um typically if I had the chance to interview them on like a podcast or something like that, I'd be like, uh how am I gonna separate this interview from every other interview and every other public speech he's ever done ever? And that'd be stuff like that. And I'm not a fan of his. FYI I should probably also say that. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. So uh I would not I mean I'm not gonna like praise him for anything he's doing. I just try to understand him like, huh who is the guy behind the spray paint on the spray tan or whatever, you know? Um, that's, uh, that's, I mean, like, yeah, that'd be a, like a thought process I'd have. Who is the man behind the orange? And, uh, sit there. Um, I would still think, I probably still think he's a piece of shit, FYI. Um, that would not be hard to figure out. <laughs> like, he'll probably still be, be, don't probably be a little bit of a piece. You just think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Dan flashes, get some sloppy steaks. Okay, that's too many references. Um, but yeah, I think that's how I would uh, deal with that situation. How do I lose weight with huge hunger urges? Hello, I am a overweight male teenager and hate it. Every day, I look at myself and hate it. I hate my body and everything about it. Every time I step outside, I cover up my upper body in fear of judgment from strangers. I'm scared that they laugh at me for my weight because that's how it's been ever since I was about six. My mom always let out comments indirectly saying I'm fat. She wants me to lose weight so bad and goes overboard sometimes. I want to lose weight myself, but I can't. I always crave for something to eat and feel horrible afterwards. I hate my body and my brain for not letting me stop. I want to start working out, but I don't know where to start. Uh, Just saying this makes me embarrassed. If anyone can help me uh, by giving me tips, I'd really appreciate it. I'll take anything at this point. Okay, so um, I've lost some weight. I'm still pretty fat, but I have lost some weight. Um, So... Really here, a hunger is a weird thing. One thing um, you do, and I really do think this, that dieting is way more important than working out. Like, I think you could lose a ton of weight by just changing how you eat. Uh, and yeah, but food is really good, and I, well, I'm not going to deny that. Um, one thing I would suggest for you to do, um, not necessarily just to get started, I would say, not necessarily something you need to um, that necessarily is going to change anything, um, start, uh, like download some food app or whatever on your phone, like my plate, I think is what I use and, uh, just 
put in that app uh, everything you eat just for a day. Does don't you don't have to start dieting or anything. Just put everything you eat in uh, uh, what you eat during the day, and then see it, and then see that you need to be kind of two thousand calories a day or under that for uh, for you know to help with weight loss and stuff like that. And once you see that, you can kind of you just kind of get an understanding of kind of what food is like. Oh. This candy bar is 300 calories if I eat that. However, I could eat like this chicken breast or whatever, or chicken thigh, and that's uh, less calories than that. You know, you kind of understand how calories work and how it kind of works with your food. Um, some apps even help you with nutritional information. Uh, kind of, you have to really understand what fats, uh, carbohydrates, and uh, proteins are. Uh, you kind of get an understanding of that. You can kind of understand that. Uh, too much carbs is a bad, like carbs are like the bad thing that you don't want to eat. So you want to lower your amount of carbs, make it a good on fats and proteins. So, um, those will help you lose weight as well, especially in your situation. Like you're wanting to lose body fat. So, uh, eating more fats and protein, uh, will be more of a key than in lowering your carbohydrates a lot. But I know a lot of times with dieting, counting your calories, hundred percent is what's better for you. So, um, yeah, but then you realize some stuff is dense, like, uh, you could technically, you know, if you're going like on a keto diet or a low carb diet, you can eat as much cheese as you want. However, uh, cheese is very calorie dense. And so you got to be careful on how much cheese you eat because you could easily go over your calorie limit for the day if you, uh, if you eat a ton of cheese. So that's also an interesting factor. Um, so those are just some ideas to help you lose weight. Hunger wise, I know that's a big thing. Um, a lot of times you have to you know, you eat your food, you're going to be hungry and you just got to kind of power through it a little bit, you know, make sure you eat. Don't like, don't like you're, you're not going to be malnourished. Um, you know, you have like a calorie, you know, as long as you eat your food for the day, you're not going to starve. Your body kind of has to adjust, uh, to a lower food limit. And yeah. And so you're so used to eating so much food in a day, your body requires that. But once you go down to a smaller limit of food per day, your body's going to readjust to that. Uh, make sure it's, you know, the healthy amount under the 2000 calorie a day, uh, meal, you know, after you go under that and then your body's going to have to readjust and your stomach's going to have to readjust for that. Um, if you're really, if you're really fat, um, you could always, I mean, gastric bypass may be something you may need to get in the future, but even doctors will have to have you start losing weight and start getting back on track. So you have to lose like fat around your liver or something like that. That's just one thing. Um, in regards to judgment on your mom who is judging you and shit like that, um, just, just realize, uh, those, uh, with your mom probably comes from her insecurities. Uh, other people who, if any other person does it, it comes from their own insecurities. So, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, especially if they're not in like doing it to help you, they're just using it to shame you or whatever. Like if they're, if it's not like in a good friendly way, then the main, the main reason behind that, uh, their, their main reasoning behind everything, uh, it's probably their own insecurities. So don't worry about them too much. Uh, if they're making comments, they're probably going something on their own. Uh, if your mom's getting too problem, find a problem with her. Uh, make sure you just kind of store that in the back of your mind and bring it up when it gets really annoying. And those are just some ideas for you. Uh, just wanted to help one fat person out from another. Uh, just a great way for you to uh, learn who you need to be. Um, I need a dwink. I need a dwink. <sighs> that was a big one 
where the black people know how to sing and dance stereotype came from. I'm a white Latina woman that has have been consuming American TV content my entire life and always notice those specific stereotype in black characters. They're always singing and dancing like they're professional artists, sometimes even without any explanation. I've even seen some black people reinforce this by saying that white people can't dance, etc. Where does this come from? First of all, Happy Black History Month. Let's answer this question. Um, in regards to like stereotypes and shit like that, um, I may not be the best to answer that. However, I can answer uh, in history of music and more like artistic type of mediums. Um, basically, in the United, when we go to the United States, talk about that. You know, we had segregation for the longest time, and so with segregation, uh, it was also segregated in the music industry as well. So when you, there were black artists uh, who sang, wrote their songs, and there were white artists. And a lot of times those songs didn't really cross over too much. Sometimes they did, sometimes they did. If you, uh, Tutti Fruity was a song, and then you had this like this white group. I can't remember who did Tutti Fruity, but then like a white group did it, and it was like really bad. Um, so I think it was Little Richard, am I right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it, like I said, segregation it really separated shit like that. Um, and then you know, kind of Elvis came around, and uh, Elvis's manager, uh, I think his name was the Colonel, if I'm correct. He listened to the black music and was like, this shit's really good. Why not sell this to a white audience? And that's how Elvis, that's how Elvis became so super popular. So he never wrote any of his own music, but, uh, it was, uh, so yeah, it was, it was very much uh, a product of segregation. I don't know if Elvis would have been as popular if segregation was the case. Um, probably, um, you know, considering songwriters and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just a very interesting kind of thing. So uh, when you talk about American genres, though, like they all started uh, through black or African-American, whichever makes you feel better. Happy Black History Month. Um, always started from black communities like jazz started from black communities. Rock started from uh, those communities as well. And so basically, when you talk about any genre of music that came from or started in the United States, you can always say it started from uh, black people. They typically all started and they all lead back. The roots always lead back to black people. And, uh, and you're like, well, what about country music? That's for white people. It's like it comes from like folk music uh, and black people did that, too, you know. And uh, so, yeah, so it's just everything. So I always feel like it's weird to be racist in music because, like, it all comes from black people anyways. And, you know, like, Kid Rock's being, like, super racist now. And, and let's go, Brandon. And, like, he's, like, he, you know, he's doing, like, a rap rock type thing. And, like, you know, where rap and hip-hop comes from, black people. And uh, so, yeah. So I think with the stereotype, I would say it goes because black people – like they're always going to be better at music in the United States, at least than white people. And so it's just maybe a stereotype that they're all like always just better musicians overall than, uh, white people. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be the, that's the main answer I really have for this question. Uh, there's probably more stereotypes, but yeah. And then you hear like white people, just untalented white people. I think that's just the, uh, I think that's just the situation on that. 
Why do people love animals over other people? I get it. Most of our generation is screwed over millennials and stuff. It's too expensive to live, let alone care for a kid. But I actually think that's a cop-out. People, at least in my country, live way above their means. They just don't want to sacrifice their living standards to bit to raise a babe. And they compensate with Kara and dogs. I don't know. This is going to be hard to read. I hear things like babies are too hard to travel with. Babies stink and shit. Babies are loud. Babies are too annoying. But the same people who say that can that get vaccines, passportes, and cages to travel with pets, pick up dog shit with their hands, have a home that stinks like a barn because the cat dog, dogs bark. Babies aren't your problem. Let's just admit that your partner is having a partner is less stable. Babies are a large responsibility and we are scared for that commitment rather than hate on the little fellers. Um, yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good question. It's a good, uh, that's a good thought. Um, but, uh, I think overall though, um, I mean, there's a lot of good points to, to what you said. Um, why do people love animals over people? Um, I feel like there's, you know, you know, I feel like, uh, Animal, I think, you know, animals are easier to take care of, 100%. A dog is easier to take care of than a baby. Um, like, you can't, you don't leave your baby at home for eight hours in a day while you go to work. But you will leave a dog, even in a kennel, for eight hours while you go to work. So, like, there's a difference already. Like, one sounds easier than the other. Um, traveling seems different because you have to worry about the baby's mood and stuff like that. Uh, with dogs, it's 50-50 because, you know, it's like... Um, will the dog bark on this plane? Uh, can I carry, this is the dog small enough I can carry with me, sit in my lap, put under the seat. There's a lot of things like that. Um, so they're different, but I overall say dogs are have to be way easier than, uh, a baby. Uh, dogs bark. Sometimes you can, can get a dog to stop barking. Um, it's hard to control a baby. It's harder to control a human being. Uh, then cats are way easier than everything. The cats just... You just feed them, and hopefully they they are healthy, and this not a problem. Um, but uh, I think I think more people love animals more than people because it's uh, easier for them at a point in their life to have a, a more more random idea to have a dog over like having a child because sometimes maybe you need a partner to have a baby, and you don't have a partner, so it's like, well, I can get a dog, and that'll fill that itch or whatever it's just uh, that's the situation i think that people have and so uh, that's why people are saying stuff like that so that's my answer there and our final question why do people hate people with a foot fetish um that's a good question as we know i have a friend tj he has a foot fetish and he would love it if you send him pictures of your feet on instagram at mar audio he would love it if you send him pictures of your feet he would absolutely love it I don't think that people hate necessarily people with foot fetishes. I think they hate how open people are with their foot fetish. Like, I want you, hey, like, you drive up, you see a girl, you're like, hey, can I buy your socks? Like, well, I've been sweating in them. That's perfect. And then you sell your, buy socks from a girl on the street. Like, they're way too open about their fetishes. And I think that's the real thing with foot fetishes is that people are way too open about their fetishes. And it's weird. No one needs to know your sexual fetishes. And I think that's okay. Like if you have a fetish, keep, you can keep it to yourself. It only, the only time they matter is between you and the person you're fucking. And that's the problem. The people are way too open to the foot fetishes. Like how are people making a living? Like 
They're paying bills and rent and stuff like that from selling pictures of their feet. How like, more people are into that. Like, I wish I could get off to just someone's feet. You know, I have to have uh, two devices, uh, one with my regularly scheduled porn that I look at, and then another with that video of Ed Asner being like, Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And, Man proposes and God disposes. And that's my hole. That, that's where it spits. Coaching me through it, and I need that. And I also take antidepressants, like I've mentioned, and it makes it so hard for me to even do anything in the first place. And so it's just rough. And then some people are just like, I just need a picture of someone's feet and uh, I'm good to go. Like you could just look at a woman and you could like just be walking outside see a woman in fluff ops. You're like, all right, I can jerk off now. Like I, I, I just, I mean, and maybe that's my just jealousy there. Um, but uh, everyone's built a little different. I'm built different. You're built different dot, dot, dot from me. And with that said, that's how we're ending the show today. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cancel Sweezy, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Um, like I said, go follow me on all uh, the music platforms at the Sweezy. They'll be at the Sweezy everywhere. And you can also uh, check out me on social media at the Sweezy, my new game streaming page, uh, Sweezy Live. I need you all to go follow and subscribe to that channel so we can get things going full throttle as well. You can also financially support the show on Patreon. And don't forget the free shit you can do if you're watching this show on YouTube. You can like the sh- like the episode, uh, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment on your thoughts and opinions on all the things I've been saying throughout this episode. If you're on the audio-only platform, you can always still share the show, uh, but leave a review, press the subscribe button, leave us a star rating, uh, whatever you feel like I deserve. So uh, with all that being said, we're ending the show today. Honk if you love butt drugs and... Uh, Stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome.